CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. October, man, it is packed to the gills every it year. Sure is. What we just started, we're only, I don't think we mentioned this last time, we're just a few sessions in to starting Power Yoga. That's true. Oh, man. What was that, fourth, my fourth class? Your fourth, your my third. Um, needless to say, I've not done yoga before. Also, my first hot yoga. I've done some yoga, but sure. this is my first, like, hot yoga. And oh, my it was, God. Whew. And it's not even just, I mean, the heat is one element, but it's the, I, I mean, it is a strength exercise and flexibility. You know what? Everything they say about yoga is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I know. It is hard. It's intense. Yep. And I'm going to come out of this looking like uh, Ryan Reynolds crossed with one of the Hemsworth. Ooh, I can't wait for that. I would say three more weeks. Nice. Yeah. It's about six weeks of work for them, right? I think so. Yeah. At least. Or so like that. I mean, if that. Yeah. If that. Maybe five. Yeah. And But just because they can do it, you know, full time. They probably eat half a pizza every other night, right? Definitely. All right. Then I'm right on track. All the meats. For protein. Oh, I don't eat meat. Ah, oh, crap. Now I'll never look like Ryan Listen, Reynolds. vegetables do nothing for you. <laughs> what else is going on this month? Uh, let's see. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's Halloween month. It's spooky season. Halloween. So what isn't going on? We got stuff to do. We got costumes to plan. Yeah. Um, because we actually have a party to go to this year. Oh, crap. We got a parade. A couple of parties. A little Five Points Halloween Parade. The Little Five Points Halloween Parade is a time-honored Atlanta tradition. If you've never been, it's a wacky, wild, good time. I mean, it's pretty much the preeminent Halloween weekend of activities. Yeah, in Atlanta, yeah. In Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like a whole weekend of various stuff. They got a haunted house, 
a 3D haunted house, which I don't what? know what that means because um, all haunted houses are 3D. <laughs> the last haunted house I went into was in the third in dimension. Fact, in fact, they're usually 4D. You can like smell things too. But well, like, yeah, and they take time. That's a dimension, mm, right? That's also true. I so question question the 3D element. Quite honestly, I'd be more impressed to experience a two dimensional haunted house. <laughs> it's all in a coloring book or something. <laughs> well, I will have a hard time doing that this month too because I'm also uh, remounting uh, the show that I was in what last year when we did uh, Tipsy Tales right. presents Robin Hood. It's a live show. That I'm I'm the narrator in. I'm I'm the Alan Adale or right. the rooster, the if you're rooster. only familiar with Disney's Robin Hood. I wish you were dressed like a rooster. Look, it I, would I add almost something. was it in would the last show, to be fair. Oh, right. I had a lot of pomp. I love that. And pizzazz. Uh but yeah, we we do uh, the uh, the producers of the show wrote this hilarious script, uh just a one hour sort of Robin Hood story. Mm-hmm. The traditional Robin Hood story. Classic. But each night of the show, one actor gets pretty drunk before we go on an assigned actor Mm -hmm. and then continues drinking throughout the show. And we just have to sort of improv around whatever shenanigans happen. Yeah. They're given full reign to destroy their part. Yes. uh, Any scene. And they do. Last time, like uh, last time we did this characters, main characters were dead halfway through the show. And you just have, we as the actors just have to go with whatever the drunk does. Mm -hmm. If it's safe, we have to kind of just roll with it. (laughs) And so it would just randomly like Maid Marian got killed halfway through the show one night. And right? we just had to. I, I feel like there was a romance. Twin. We had to get her twin to come back. Oh, or something. that's right. I it's feel like, chaos. I feel like there was a romance between Robin oh, yeah. and one of the other. And the sheriff. And the sheriff. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. The sheriff was and, in love with Robin. And one Hood. of them. That's right. That was yeah. really fun. So, uh, so it'll be a good time. Anything can happen. <laughs> I know some people asked last time when we talked about it uh, if they could see it. And we only did one weekend last time. We're only doing one more weekend this time. A mm-hmm. uh, few different actors, but otherwise mostly the same show. Uh, and it's the weekend before Halloween in Atlanta. Right. So mm-hmm. shoot us a message if you are in the city and want to catch it because it's a it's it's a good time. It is a good time. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Plus, you're, of course, encouraged to drink. I believe the audience. audience. Yes, not me. Not yeah, you. Yeah, You're in not fact, encouraged I'm, to drink. In fact, I'm I'm in charge of the drunk on stage and making sure they don't die. So I specifically <laughs> like am not off. drinking. <laughs> That's right. You're the babysitter, but the rest yeah. of us are allowed to drink as much as we want. Oh yeah, uh, it makes they a like show. a rowdy show. Look, alcohol makes uh, alcohol is every comedy theater show's best friend. <laughs> it does help a lot <laughs> for people to be a little loose. Yeah, you know. But seeing as how it's October, that, mm-hmm. of course, changes everything around here on Ridiculous Romance, yeah, too. Right. Because year one, we started this tradition almost by accident. <laughs> and we've loved it. Y'all have loved it ever mm-hmm. since. It's time for Recriptulous Romance. And that's when we take the spookiest, scariest, grossest, creepiest stories we can find. Uh, that still fit the Ridiculous Romance category, and we try and do them once a week throughout October. Mm -hmm. Tonight will be no different. Uh, In fact, a nice roll-in to the season, I think. True, true, Mm -hmm. because we're actually, we're going to talk about Queen Victoria. Oh, not who I think of when I think horror and murder and mystery. (laughs) I know, it's so true. (laughs) We are not abused. But no, Queen Victoria actually had quite a fascination with the spirit world. She was a very powerful queen. Obviously, she had one of the longest reigns in British history until, Mm. of course, our girl, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, She was very ably assisted by her husband, Prince Albert, 
And these two had a, like, Hollywood romance. They fell head over heels in love with each other. They were sexy into each other. They were doing it all the time. And when he died, she suffered really intense depression. So when a 13-year-old medium named Robert James Lees claimed to have a message for her from her late husband, Victoria was all ears. So for our first recorpitalist romance of the spooky season, let's find out how Queen Victoria ruled over the British Empire with the help of her husband's ghost. Let's go! Hey there, friends. Come listen well. Eli and Diana say welcome to hell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about corpses who are lying in crypts. A lover might be any type of monster at all. A ghoul, a ghost, or a demonic doll. But if there's a spirit worth a second chance, we'll put it in our show, Recryptulous Romance. <laughs> a production of iHeartRadio. So, Victoria, she was fifth in line to inherit the throne when she was born in 1819, but... Ahead of her were two elderly uncles with no kids, her uncle William's two daughters, both of whom died as infants, and her own father, Edward, who died when Victoria was only a year old. Jeez. So even though she didn't become the, like, official heir presumptive until she was 11, you know, it was pretty easy to see that she was going to inherit. Well, like, yeah, people kept dropping off around this oh, baby. Seriously, man, like, this is some weird shit. I'd be looking at this baby fifth in line and be like, uh, numbers one, two, three, and four, suspiciously. That's the first mystery. Which of the Pickwick triplets did it? <laughs> baby murderer. Okay, we clearly just finished only murders in the building. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, m- many people were like, OK, it's definitely going to be this little girl, except for Victoria herself. Funnily enough, uh, her governess, Louise Lezin, slipped a copy of the genealogy of the House of Hanover into one of Victoria's like lesson books. Mm-hmm. And when she studied it, that's when she realized like, oh, shit, I'm going to be the next monarch. And she is reported to have said, quote, I will be good. Oh, <laughs> She is like, I've seen some shit kings and queens in our past. <laughs> I'll do. I'll I'm going to try to be a good one. Wow, and that okay. became like kind of a big folk legend that okay. she didn't know until she saw. And then she was like, I'm going to be good. So she meant I will be good. I will be good at it. I will be kind. I'll be a good and not queen. Like, yeah. And and neither. Um, oh, I'll be good. Like, I'll be the best there oh, is, I'll which be. is never a good attitude to take into a leadership position. It's, it could have been that. But I feel like or more. was she like, I'm good. I'll, I'll, be, I'll good. be good. You guys can have it. I'll be good. (laughs) Somebody call, I don't know, one of my old uncles or something. (laughs) He's still around. Well, if she became queen before she turned 18, of course, the nation would have a regent in charge. And that would have been Victoria's mother, the Duchess of Kent. Ew, the Duchess of Kent. Now, unfortunately, the Duchess of Kent was close as crabs with her comptroller, Sir John Conroy. Some people even thought that they might have been lovers. Of course, a lot of scholars have dismissed that idea. But together, these two schemed up all kinds of ways to keep Victoria under their control and away from her powerful uncles. Mm -hmm. We've seen this a thousand times in every sort of historical regal drama, that regency (laughs) drama that we see. It's always this. The power behind the throne. Uh 
Now, they created what was called the Kensington system. And this was an elaborate set of rules about how Victoria would be educated and how she could behave and with whom she could spend her time. Right. Which was only these two other kids and her dog, Dash, mm. old Spaniel. Mm -hmm. So this duchess and John Conroy, along with the duchess's lady-in-waiting, Flora Hastings, who also rumors that might have been the duchess's lover... The the funny thing about this is that, like, if you're in a court, everybody's uh -huh. like, she probably fucking somebody. <laughs> you know, they're all just whispering. That is not unlike today. Uh, it's so true. It's so I'm really... like, I don't know how much I believe any of that. People are always like two people, a man and a woman spending time together. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. <gasps> two women spending time together. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's not a lot to do in this time period. <laughs> That's true. So maybe that was what like else a common way to while away. <laughs> a chess <laughs> game only lasts so long. <laughs> There's only so many books one can read. <laughs> well, regardless, still just rumors. Point being that uh, the Duchess and Conroy made Victoria's childhood extremely lonely and isolating, right? That was kind of the point. The idea was to make her really weak-willed, really dependent on them for her judgment, mm. so that even once she was old enough to rule alone, they would still have a lot of power concentrated uh, in their hands. She would constantly be turning to them, like, oh, yeah. what should I do? What should I do? Mm -hmm. But as she got older, Victoria was pressured constantly to make Sir John Conroy her personal secretary, which mm. would give him quite a lot of power over, like, you know, her messages and yeah. everything else around her. But by then, she hated Sir John, she hated her mother, and she hated Flora Hastings. Uh so the, she refused. The three people who oppressed her her entire childhood, she, she, didn't, she wasn't fond of? didn't like anymore. Sorry, that plan backfired. <laughs> All right. And fortunately, she was not the only one who disapproved of this little contingent that was mm -hmm. about her ears. You know, like her uncle, King William IV, once declared in the Duchess's presence that he intended to live until Victoria was 18, just so they could avoid a regency with her in charge, oh, <laughs> which I just think is so funny. He's like, I can plan my death. And guess what? It's time to keep Momo make sure that you never have an official role here. Amazing. Uh, he also, of course, had some thoughts about who Victoria should marry. Of oh, course. Yeah, of course. And he favored Prince Alexander of the Netherlands. But her other uncle, King Leopold of the Belgians, offered up his nephew, Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg and Gotha. Mm. I also love that uh, William... And everybody hated these three so much because yeah. it. I, I have to relate everything back to TV to make it work in my brain because sure. I'm a millennial and I'm broken like that. <laughs> um, you could just see these characters just being the most sniveling, obnoxious, mm. power hungry. And how could you not see that constantly? It's so obvious. You know when these schemers are scheming. Oh, yeah. They're not subtle about it. Well, the minute that Victoria met her cousin Albert in 1836... Poor old Alexander, King William's choice, didn't stand a chance. Because Victoria went straight into her diary and started writing about how handsome and charming Albert was. While Alex got one line about being, quote, very plain. Damn. <laughs> I mean, it's like galling. It's like paragraphs of like his beautiful face <laughs> and charm of manner and whatever. Right. And then she's like, Alex, eh, he was there too. <laughs> she's, she's doodled in the margins. Mrs. Albert of Saxe, Coburg and Gotha. <laughs> and then, yeah, a little doodle of Alexander in with like a fart cloud around right. him. <laughs> oh, no. Victoria even thanked her uncle Leopold for, quote, 
the prospect of great happiness you have contributed to give me in the person of dear Albert. He possesses every quality that could be desired to render me perfectly happy. He is so sensible, so <laughs> kind, and so good, and so amiable, too. He has, besides, the most pleasing and delightful exterior and appearance you can possibly see. But since Victoria was only 17 at this point, marriage itself would have to wait a little while. But it's pretty clear that she had her eyes on the prize. She knew who she wanted yep. at this point. But Victoria turned 18 on May 24th, 1837. And less than a month later, King William died. Oh, my God. <laughs> so wow. He, straight, uh, he was like clinging to life <laughs> until her birthday. I just want to make sure the Duchess of Kent <laughs> is not in control here. He's like, oh, thank God I can die. Give me the cocaine. <laughs> Keep my eyes open <laughs> until May 25th. So anyway, he died. She became the Queen of England. Okay. And as Queen, she started off pretty popular. You know, she's young. She's beautiful, right? They're all like, mm -hmm. yay, love this beautiful queen of ours. But then the Duchess's lady-in-waiting, Lady Flora Hastings, mm -hmm. started walking around with what looked like a baby bump. Oh. And she wasn't married. So this caused a lot of talk. And Victoria, of course, hated that bitch. So she was very <laughs> excited to talk <laughs> about her. She's like, yeah, she probably is pregnant. And guess who I think the dad is? Uh, Sir John Conroy, that other bitch oh, man. <laughs> that I hate. Wow. So she was kind of getting in on these rumors. They got worse and worse. Finally, Flora agreed to an official like medical examination. Okay. This medical examination found out that A, Flora was a virgin. B, she was not pregnant, so we don't have, like, a, a messiah situation going on <laughs> okay. with Flora. C, she had a large tumor on her liver, oh. which had distended her stomach, and she only had a few months left to live. Oh, my God. It's, like, the worst oh, possible outcome. That's awful. Especially to be, like, examination. talking shit, like, oh, she's, kinda, she's pregnant she's out of wedlock. And then find out, oh, no, she's terminally ill. Not only is she a virgin, has never had sex. Wow. She's, like, terminally sick. Oh, and you've been awful. making fun of her tumor this whole time. Yeah, so this was pretty crushing, and Victoria did feel very bad. It's reported that she had nightmares about Flora for years mm. afterwards. So a lot of guilt there. Right. Which is, you know, just a lesson for everybody. We don't need to be talking shit so much. You know, it's going to come back and bite you. But it wasn't just that. It was also Sir John Conroy, Flora's family, the opposition party, the Tories, they all got together and they started a press campaign criticizing Victoria for throwing a dying woman into a months-long scandal and making her final months miserable. Yeah. So she's already feeling bad. And all these people are like, yeah, you should feel right. bad. You're a real piece of shit. They were hoping to discredit her so she would be forced to give Conroy a position in her court. And they did succeed at making her very unpopular. Mm -hmm. Now, as soon as Victoria had become queen, she had relegated Sir John Conroy and her mother, the Duchess, to a small, faraway apartment in the palace. And she refused to see either one of them. But since she was still single, she did still have to live with her mother, which meant, of course, that she still had to live with John Conroy, too, who was her chief tormentor. Right. So the whole time this is happening, this man's in her house. I mean, it's a it's Buckingham Palace. <laughs> she's not <laughs> tripping over him, but she's like, get him out of my house. <laughs> right. So she's complaining about this to her prime minister, uh, Lord Melbourne at the time, who told her, of course, the quickest solution would be to get married sure. because then she could evict her mother and her mother would take John Conroy with her. And Victoria called it a, quote, shocking alternative. Hmm. But 
you know, she was still totally crushing on Albert. So she, you know, she was kind of like a little not wanting to get married and give up, you know, some of her position as queen. Right. But also she's like, let me get this hottie up in my bed. You got <laughs> to lock that with a down. Body <laughs> up in here. So she finally proposed to him and they were married in February 1840. And Victoria discovered sex. Oh. She wrote in her diary after her wedding night, quote, I never, never spent such an evening. Oh, my God. My dearest, dearest, dear Albert, his excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I never could have hoped to have felt before. Oh. He clasped me in his arms, and we kissed each other again and again. His beauty, his sweetness and gentleness... Really, how can I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband? To be called by names of tenderness I have never yet heard used to me before was bliss beyond belief. Oh, this was the happiest day of my life. Jeez. I mean, she is like... God, I feel like I'm going to hear Senator John Kennedy (laughs) reading that out on the... Congress floor. I will give you the best blowjob of your life. (laughs) That's in the news. If y'all haven't seen that one yet, look it up. Senator John Kennedy reading a pornographic book is one of the best clips of the of the past of this of the year. And I'll one say. of the least sexy things you'll ever hear. <laughs> Shocking. We could <laughs> probably do a whole episode on that. erotic. But yeah, so she's she is like, she's I, I found out it. what an orgasm is. Right, basically. I'm very excited about it, and yes. I want more. Let's do this. Albert, a generous lover, it Albert sounds like. handled business. <laughs> Man, this is probably, probably why she wanted to put him in a can. Prince Albert in a can? I don't know this. You know, I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that <laughs> I made that joke fall real flat. I don't know what you're talking. It was about. a. It's a very old joke. It's like a like a prince. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Well, let him out of there. He's, oh, because <laughs> it was. It's a. I think it's a chew tobacco product. Oh, or no, it's a pipe tobacco. Pipe tobacco. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let him out of there. <laughs> it's, <so stupid. laughs> it's real bad. Anyway, oh my God. this has been Eli's eighty-year-old jokes. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I thought Prince Albert was the um, piercing. Yes, it is. Yes. Also, you don't put that in a can. Maybe he had a a penis piercing that added to the situation. I don't know why it's called the Prince Albert. Uh, Readers, let us know. I don't feel like I don't feel like adding that to my Google searches. No, thanks. (laughs) So at any rate, all that to say, Queen Victoria loved doing it. She's got she's real into whatever Albert had going on downstairs. Mm -hmm. Man had the moves. Within two months of their marriage, she was pregnant. Okay. And, of course, her popularity soared once again. Nothing better than a pregnant queen. People love a pregnant queen. And, you know, they kept at it. <laughs> all day, all night, every surface of Buckingham Palace. Probably. Um, in all, they would go on to have nine children together. Uh, the two of them also together weathered several assassination attempts. <laughs> and these actually made Albert more popular with the public because he was very cool headed in a crisis. Mm-hmm. He was a quiet guy, but he was a great dad. The fact that all nine of their kids lived to adulthood was credited to Albert's, quote, enlightened influence mm-hmm. in running the nursery by a biographer named Hermione Hobhouse. Love that name. Hermione, Hermione Hobhouse. Hobhouse. Very British. Yeah. Albert even got Victoria to dismiss her old governess, 
Louise Lezin, who had been kind of running the household the, the whole time before mm-hmm. him. Lezin had been the one who helped Victoria build a strong personality in spite of this Kensington system That's that right. her mother and, <laughs> and uh, Conroy raised her with. And she had supplanted Victoria's mother in, in Victoria's own affections. Kind Victoria of a, more her. of a motherly figure than, than her mother herself. Victoria called her mother on several occasions. But Lezin was also the one who was out there spreading rumors about Flora Hastings. And that yeah. kind of blew back against Victoria. Albert hated her for that. So to keep him happy, Victoria pensioned her off. I mean, it says a lot about her feelings for Albert that she was willing to sure. send this lady away who had been like her main source of comfort for yeah, so long. Yeah. And Victoria also relied on his advice and assistance. But fortunately, Albert had some cool notions. Uh, he was actually for child labor laws instead of against. He was like, maybe kids shouldn't be working. Oh, child labor laws. I'm for child labor laws in that we should stop. Not yes, we should put children to work. Not we should put them to work. No, he, at the time, it was a big thing <laughs> whether kids could work in factories yeah. or whether, you know, whatever. And he was like, no, kids should go to school. Mm-hmm. Kids should not do that. Uh, he also wanted to abolish slavery worldwide. There you go. Uh, he's also credited with being the guy who kind of felt that the British royal family should be above politics. So he's sort oh. of the reason we have this distance between the royal family and the parliament that we that seems pretty average now. Yeah. And he also arranged the Great Exhibition, which is basically the world the first World's Fair. Wow. And people like fought him every step of the way. They were like, "Don't bring that foreign stuff into my, you know, my country or whatever." But of course, it was an enormous success. So he, they were like, oh shit, Albert's a smart guy. So over the years, his influence only grew. And he ended up like helping with Victoria's government paperwork. He started drafting her correspondence. He would attend cabinet meetings. He would even see cabinet ministers alone without Victoria. So a clerk named Charles Greville wrote in his private journal, quote, he is king to all intents and purposes. Man, I want to put this guy in a can and carry him around. <laughs> right, he sounds like a smart guy. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah, things look pretty dark. I'm going to pop open a can of Albert. <laughs> See what happens. But, you know, it's ridiculous romance. Mm-hmm. And as is often the case, tragedy awaited. Their eldest son, Bertie, was at Cambridge at this point, and the queen had heard that he was consorting with an Irish actress named Nellie. Uh-oh. An actress? Excuse mm. me. They were terrified that this girl was going to get pregnant or start some kind of scandal or even start blackmailing Bertie, something like that. So Albert went to visit the kid and discuss him, you know, Getting his shit together. (laughs) A few weeks later, though, Albert died of typhoid fever. But two years prior to his illness with typhoid, Albert had been dealing with intense pain in his stomach and legs. So there's some scholars that think that he might have already been suffering with Crohn's disease or maybe even kidney failure or stomach cancer. So unsure exactly what it was that led to his death or that he would not have died soon Anyway, anyway. Right. Um, but Victoria was devastated. Obviously, we know how much she loved him. And she went into deep mourning. She would only wear black for the rest of her life. She locked herself away from the public. She became so remote that she was known as the Widow of Windsor. She slept with a plaster cast of Albert's hand. And she also kept Albert's room 
exactly the way it was, wouldn't touch anything. The servants even came in each night to lay out fresh clothes and hot water and change the sheets, even though no one was in there. As if he was coming coming home. I find that so sad. A plaster cast of his hand makes me really sad because you know she just wants to hold it. She just wants to hold it. Like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I mean, unless your mind slips into the gutter like mine, but I'm going to go with that she was just holding his hand up against her face on the pillow at night. These hands. I mean, I think he was probably good with the hands. He was very good with From those diary entries. Okay. However, speculation station. (laughs) It was a masturbation aid. All right. But not long after Albert's death, someone brought a startling story to Victoria's attention. It was the editor of a spiritualist magazine who had recently sat in on a seance. Now, at this time, spiritualism was as in vogue as scientific advancement. Sure. It's sort of the funny thing about the Victorian age. Yeah. The spirit, you know, alongside everyone being like, let's measure in way, categorize everything. Mm-hmm. They were very concerned with the unknowable, you yeah. know, which is really interesting. Nothing preoccupied the Victorian mind more than if there was life after death. And if so, what was going on it? <laughs> like, yeah. how, how can I talk I mean, to you? I guess that makes sense if you're in an age where you're really looking a lot of scientific advancements yeah and you're trying to answer i mean isn't that what science often is is the pursuit of answering the unanswerable right so your mind is already in that place and you're mm-hmm. just like okay i figured out why water turns to steam when you heat it up mm-hmm. now tell me what happens when we die right can That's i not next. talk to my mom yeah you know, <laughs> like, like it goes in that order right water into steam what I happens when that. we die <laughs> Amazing. There's so many reasons that it took off spiritualism. And one of them I think is interesting is that they found women to be better mediums than men because they were considered more spiritual. Sure. So there's a lot of actually a lot of um, of women's rights sort of marched along with spiritualism and mediums and stuff because they were able to gain some power and influence. They were able to make money on their own. So all that to say spiritualism is huge at this time. Everybody's into it. Even Charles Dickens, our old friend, oh, yeah. who uh, did not believe in spiritualism at all, mm-hmm. was writing ghost stories. Sure. So, you know, people yeah. were pro- like, preoccupied. I, I know it sells. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Victoria and Albert had even attended a few seances themselves. Oh, okay. Victoria particularly into this. They even awarded a particularly convincing medium with a medal for, quote, meritorious and extraordinary clairvoyance. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. So after Albert died, Victoria received this letter from this editor of the Spiritualist magazine telling her about this seance that he had attended. She probably would have been interested anyway, but it was even more attention-grabbing because he said that the 13-year-old medium, Robert James Lees, had received a message from beyond for the queen herself. And he claimed that it was from the Prince Consort, Albert. Oh, my God. What did Albert have to say? We will tell you right after this quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome, spirits. Oh. Back to the show. <laughs> Ooh, I just got a chill. <laughs> the, the, the curtains just rustled. <laughs> Look, most of the information that follows here comes from the book Whisperers, The Secret History of the Spirit World by J.H. Brennan. Now, a chunk of the book concerning Queen Victoria was reprinted in the Daily Beast. So that's where we found most of this. Brennan says that, of course, any historian will tell you that Victoria had a nervous breakdown after Albert died, and she retreated from public and political life for over two years. She stopped trusting her own judgment. She preferred to wonder what Albert might have done. But Brennan suggests that she actually found a way to ask for his advice as if he were still alive. When she heard about this message that Robert James Lees claims to have, Victoria had to move carefully. She wasn't stupid, right? She did have a healthy skepticism about Lee's, about, I'm sure, mediums in general. Oh, Even God. when she was having a good time and saying, oh, you did so well. She's like, okay, but rationally, if I had to say. So it wasn't unusual for a famous death to attract all kinds of fake mediums pretending to have messages for the grieving family. Victoria knew this as well, so she summoned a couple of her courtiers... <laughs> and told them to attend the next Lee's seance undercover. So using fake names and not revealing their connection to the palace, the two courtiers went to the seance. Mm. Now, according to Brennan, these men were not believers in spiritualism. So they were probably trying not to laugh as they entered the seance room. Sure. 
which would have likely been filled with candles and oil lamps on low, maybe decorated with red drapes because that was believed to enhance communication between the living and the dead. Mm. Now, the participants would have all held hands as Robert James Lees welcomed the spirit of Prince Albert to join them. And we don't have details of the exact methods used by Lees. Uh, There were lots of different methods that mediums used at this time. They often communicated with spirits through taps and raps, so they would ask a question once for yes, twice for no. Okay. Sometimes they would go into a large cabinet for part or all of the seance, and they would maybe shout messages that they were receiving from inside the cabinet, or they would come out possessed by the spirit. Often the cabinets would then be covered with, like, gooey ectoplasm. So there was proof that some uncanny activity had happened in there. Some used Ouija boards, or they had pencils rigged up over paper, so messages would be written or drawn by an unseen hand. And it seems like Lees would go into a trance in front of his guests, because, to the courtier's surprise, Lees began to speak in Prince Albert's voice. It was uncanny. They grew more and more uneasy as Lees described private details of life at the palace that only Albert would have known. I'm trapped in this can. My penis was pierced. (laughs) Who else could have known these things? Even more terrifying, he called the courtiers out by name. Their real name not the fake ones that they had given Lees. They were forced to admit that they were there on the Queen's behalf, and they questioned the ghost of Albert further. What they heard impressed them so much, they sent a glowing report to Victoria. This medium might be the real deal. Victoria had barely finished reading it when she received a letter from Lees, a letter he said was really from Albert. This was an example of automatic writing, which is when the spirit would take over the body of the medium or just their hand even, and use it to write a message. Brennan says, the letter was signed with a personal pet name only Albert and Victoria used, and it was chock full of personal details. Victoria was convinced. She sent for Lees, who held a seance in Buckingham Palace for her, and she was thrilled to hear Albert's voice once again. She invited Lees back over and over. In all, he held nine seances for her. She finally asked if he wanted to take up residence in the palace and become the court medium. Lees consulted with his spirit guides, but they told him to decline. Fortunately, Albert wasn't too picky about who could speak for him. Hmm. Lees, as Prince Albert, told the queen that a new medium had been chosen to be his conduit. Quote, the boy who used to carry my guns at Balmoral. Now, this boy was John Brown, and he had been the prince's gilly, or the guy who goes along on fishing and hunting expeditions, especially in the Scottish Highlands. Now, he would have been over 20 years old when he started working with the royals. But, <laughs> Not really a boy. Right, yeah. <laughs> But he worked with the family for years, so he became a personal friend of Albert's and was eventually promoted to a permanent position leading the Queen's Pony. 
Victoria wasn't surprised that he was a medium either because she had become convinced that he had a second sight when only weeks before Albert's death, John Brown had said goodbye to them at Balmoral Castle, hoping they'd traveled safely and, quote, above all, that you may have no deaths in the family. <laughs> so, Ooh, so she said, and then Albert died. And, and then like, Albert oh, died. Oh, shit, She's John like, saw that coming. Wow. Although to say, I hope nobody dies, and then someone dies to me is suspicious. Yeah, you're a suspect, John. <laughs> what? How'd you give him typhoid from Scotland? <laughs> But anyway, what most people saw at this point when Victoria turned to John Brown was a grieving widow turning to a close friend at a time that she was a having time? a difficult yeah. time. But the queen started to rely heavily on Brown, and his influence over her raised a lot of eyebrows. Now, we're going to get into that and maybe unravel the mystery of some of these spooky seances right after this break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing some of my <laughs> yoga like, exercises you got, still. You got a shake weight? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, 
pretty quickly, Victoria started to rely kind of heavily on John Brown, her yeah. servant. And that right. was super weird for people around the castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Daily Mail recounts that she would gaze at one of her many busts of Albert when she was asked a question about what to do. Then she would look at John Brown before giving her answer. Huh. She consulted him about everything, or at least seemed to. Um, He was also allowed kind of extraordinary license with his behavior. Hmm. He was allowed to smoke around her, which even her sons could not do. Wow. Her second son, the Duke of Edinburgh, even said that he had been evicted from Buckingham Palace for refusing to shake John's hand. Instead of calling Victoria your majesty, he would call her woman. What? Like, hey, woman. And he would repeatedly tell her off to her face. Uh, Just lots of very clear instances of them being pretty intimate with one another. She allowed him a lot lot of freedom in the way he behaved around her. And he got very high-handed with the rest of the royal staff. And so it wasn't long before he was pretty universally hated around the court. They didn't like how much power this guy had. Man. And no one could understand the hold that this guy had over the queen either. So naturally, most decided... That Victoria and John Brown must have been lovers. Again, the, co- the quickest. A, wo- a woman and a man spending time together. I mean. There was a lot to support that theory, though. The Guardian writes that John Brown had taken up residence in rooms adjoining the Queens, according to a courtier, who said it was, quote, contrary to etiquette and even decency. We remember that from our Queen Elizabeth I and Lord Robert Dudley episode, where sure. he had rooms next yeah. to hers. There were a lot of rumors. Victoria's daughters joked about, quote, mama's lover. Mm. And newspapers speculated that a secret marriage had even taken place, maybe even a secret child. <gasps> and they began calling Queen Victoria Mrs. Brown. Oh, Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. Uh, Mrs. Brown was also the name of a 1997 movie about this relationship starring Judy Dench. And the great Billy Connolly, mm. the great Judy Dench. They're both the greats. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> They're both great. Uh, Victoria even created two medals of service just for John Brown, though one was given to him for foiling another possible assassination attempt. So that's legit. Like I just think respectable, faithful, medal. meritorious yeah. service. <laughs> you took a bullet for me. <laughs> but if, as Brennan writes, she believed that John Brown was a direct conduit to her beloved husband. It makes a lot of sense why he had so much influence over her. Right, exactly. Now, a sculptor named Edgar Bohm spent several months at Balmoral sculpting a bust of John Brown for the Queen. And he once told Catherine Walters, who is one of Edward VII's mistresses, that, quote, the Queen, who had been passionately in love with her husband, got it into her head that somehow the Prince's spirit had passed into Brown. So he believed she allowed him, quote, Every conjugal privilege. Mm. Uh, It seems that whenever she needed Albert's advice, she would simply get Brown to conduct a seance and tell her what Albert thought she should do. Mm. Once the Daily Mail recounts, she left a meeting of the Privy Council to consult with Albert, returning to tell them, quote, the prince was hostile to any act of war by England. And then, of course, there were plenty of skeptics who were like, this guy does not have a direct line to the ghost of Albert. He is totally faking this. And they started thinking that, you know, he was kind of exploiting Victoria's well-known fascination with spiritualism. They started calling him, quote, Rasputin in a kilt. Man, I mean, yeah, when he came back around and was like, "Uh, Prince Albert says I can blow my smoke in your face, Mm -hmm. woman. (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah. 
if he thinks it's best. <laughs> Prince Albert says time for a pay raise. Mm -hmm. When John Brown died in 1883, the rumors uh, somehow gained even more power because the queen was devastated by his death, much like Albert's. She likened it to losing Albert. She said that life, quote, for a second time, had given her a heavy blow. She wrote, quote, Perhaps never in history was there so strong and true an attachment, so warm and loving a friendship between the sovereign and servant. Mm. She wanted to write a memoir of John Brown's life, including all the seances that he had conducted for her. But she was advised against this. A lot of her writing about those seances ended up being burned. So unfortunately, we don't have a lot of the information about the seances. Right. Of and when Queen Victoria herself died years later, her face was surrounded by her wedding veil, her hands covered in rings from Albert and her children. And she had one of Albert's cloaks, a handkerchief, and the plaster cast of his hand with her. But secretly, the doctor, James Reed, dropped a few other items in her coffin as well. John Brown's mother's wedding ring was placed on one of Victoria's fingers, his photograph in her hand, along with some of his hair, and a handkerchief that belonged to him. I mean... So, she was Mementos. Like, yeah. Of someone she really loved. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, not everyone is convinced that they were lovers. Uh, there's not a lot of evidence to support it, like written down evidence or anything. Um, they're not even convinced that John Brown really had that much influence on her. Huh. They're kind of like, it was an intimate relationship, but it doesn't follow that it was sexual. Okay. And he didn't really care about politics. So what would have been the point of the Rasputin okay. and a kilt thing? There's lots of reasons for this. Some say Victoria would never consider lowering herself to have sex with a servant. She was not mm. that type of gal. Or that Victoria didn't approve of widows remarrying. So she never would have had a secret marriage with this guy. Or, you know, she was also raised in a time when women were taught that men were superior. Even the queen was taught that. Uh, for example, she called Albert master and he called her child, which is not that unusual. Child was kind of a common endearment for a man to call his wife. Okay. Really, um, at that time. So, the, you know, their feeling is she wouldn't she could never see an inferior man who had to call her mistress or whatever as a partner. However, he called her woman. So we don't know. <laughs> I know. Right. Well... We don't know. <laughs> But even in her own time, some of Victoria's court thought Brown was pretty harmless and, in fact, were relieved that she had put her trust in someone with zero political aspirations. He did not try to use that position to gain power for himself, for members of his family, nothing like that. Interesting. More often than not, when she was faced with a tough political issue, she wouldn't turn to Brown at all. She would turn to her favorite prime minister, Benjamin Disraeli, who, on his deathbed in 1881, quipped that no one should send for the queen Quote, she would only ask me to take a message to Albert. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which I just so, think is a funny I love that they were they, they knew back then that she was just never stopped talking about it. No. Well, and I would also like to say that that's not the only seances she had. She also had seances with different mediums to talk to children of hers that had departed no before kidding. her. So she had several. She was really into this. She was like, into it. Okay. She, she was into it. And again, it was well known. Disraeli's like, don't, I don't want to talk to anyone's ghost. Mm. Um. So there's a lot of reasons why people kind of dismiss this idea. They were just like, he was just a really good friend. And the Oxford Dictionary of Biography likens John Brown to basically a court jester of old, mm -hmm. right? For Victoria, the loss of Albert was also the loss of the one man on earth who could tell her about herself. Mm -hmm. And without him, 
She was surrounded by courtiers. Uh, even her children were her subjects. They were all too terrified to talk to her like a person. Yeah. When Albert died, Victoria even said, quote, who will call me Victoria now? That's such a melancholy line. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It made me sad to read that. Yeah. John Brown's gruffness, his willingness to speak his mind to her, and his lack of interest in political power is pretty much exactly what she valued. Mm -hmm. When she asked Alfred Tennyson to write lines for John Brown's tombstone, she wrote about him, quote, He had no thought but for me, my welfare, my comfort, my safety, my happiness. Courageous, unselfish, totally disinterested, discreet to the highest degree, speaking truth fearlessly and telling me what he thought and considered to be just and right, without flattery and without saying what would be pleasing if he did not think it right. The comfort of my daily life is gone. The void is terrible. The loss is irreparable. I think that wow. says a lot about really what she really liked about him. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was a, she liked sex. We we know that about Victoria. We do know that. So, well, you know, maybe she did find herself some comfort somewhere. She liked sex with Albert. She did we like know sex that. with Albert. That's I mean, you didn't true. see, I don't remember seeing any journal entries about anybody else no. that she was banging. She wrote a lot. So maybe she tried and it's just like, ugh. Some things no one can replace Albert on. I'd rather sleep with my plastic cast <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> oh, Albert's plaster cast is a more generous lover than you'll <laughs> ever be, John Brown. Damn. I feel like John Brown doesn't sound like a generous lover to me. He does not. He does not. No. There is a little story. Okay. Where her doctor, James Reed, uh -huh. once like happened upon the Queen and John Brown together. Okay. And he don't know what they're joking about. The only two lines we heard, we know is that John Brown lifted his kilt to show his knee uh -huh. and said, is it here? And Queen Victoria lifted her skirt and said, no, it is here. Hmm. So they're like, there's something going on there because it was very unusual in Victorian times to show your limb to a man. That was very, right. you may as well have popped a, be a boob out at him or something. <laughs> So the doctor clearly saw it as strange enough that he had to write it down in his diary. That's the reason huh. we know about that story. It was the old two knees joke. The old, the old two knees flirting. Which, uh, which knee is? Yeah. Which knee am I gonna? Well, I don't know what the old two knees <laughs> joke is. Well, no, I guess that's no lost in history forever. We don't, we don't know the setup. Damn. We don't know the punchline. <laughs> the worst kind of joke. But I kind of think. I don't know. It's it's just very funny because she's such an interesting character, Queen yeah. Victoria. She liked Benjamin Disraeli because he flattered her a lot. He even mm -hmm. had a joke about like laying it on with a trowel or something like that. But oh. then she likes John Brown because he doesn't. Yeah. So she clearly just needs different things from different people. Right. She likes having some guy around her that does not kowtow. Sure. Um, and she liked having somebody who... I don't know. It wasn't afraid of being fired or beheaded or something by her, you know, who could talk to her like a regular person and be a friend. I mean, isn't that the real power of mm -hmm. being a queen, too, is like I obviously people's default mode is going to be towards subservience and doing whatever they think makes you happy. But you can also get a couple people. To, you kind of have control over that. Mm -hmm. I don't have control over that. <laughs> like people are going to do one or the other around me. I got nothing to say about it. <laughs> Um, and usually it's the latter. Usually it's people telling me to my face mm -hmm. what's wrong with everything I'm doing, <laughs> uh, present company included. So um, I don't know what you mean. I never spoke a word of criticism. 
so, you know, it's just another benefit of that royal life, I guess. Right. And the drawback, though, because I think, you know, everyone talking to her wanted something. Yeah. And so she's like, I like this guy. I don't want nothing from me. Yeah. He just wants to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But how many of those... How many of those people were offered up to her that she dismissed or right. or That's punished? I, I do wonder that. You know, because at the same time, it's she she wants everybody to tell, tell her what she, you know, she wants people to be real with her mm-hmm. until she doesn't one day oh, yeah. and is like, "How dare you speak okay. to me like that? I'm the queen." Well, and she's the reason her kids were kind of afraid of her too. Yeah. She was she never let them forget that right. she was the queen and not just their mother. Yeah. So that you know, there she had a little bit to uh, to you know she had responsibility sure. for that for sure, but um. But yeah, and I do wonder sometimes just with knowing about the Kensington system, mm-hmm. how much because she's a she was a decisive person. Oh, you yeah. Know? I'm not trying to take away her agency here as a queen. She no. she made decisions. She was not just handing off her power right and left to different men or yeah. anything. But I do wonder how much she second guessed herself just because of growing up with right. people being like, you should be second guessing yourself at all times. Right. Not only did she have that coordinated campaign to make her like that Mm -hmm. but she also was already growing up in a time where it's like women aren't really that smart women don't really know what to do women don't know how life can't do life and Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's just Mm -hmm. like you have from so many different sides this feeling of am i should i am i really the right person to be doing this should i not you know what i mean so anyway i just feel like she must have had a lot of conflicting a lot of mixed emotions around that sort of thing Yeah, where she's like, I need my respect that I deserve. And if you don't show it, I have to, you know, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. But also I wish I had a friend who could just Josh around with me about my knees, but two knees joke. <laughs> <laughs> the old two knees joke. Oh, nobody's done two knees with me since Albert. <laughs> who will play two knees with me now? So, you know, I don't know. Do you think she was fucking John Brown? Do I think she was? Um, based I mean, on this, based on this evidence. I'll say, I don't know, it kind of feels like it because it's sort of, she's got like, in a in a sexual sense, she's got sub vibes to me, like a submissive, oh, like okay. she likes okay. having a daddy and, a, you oh. know, and like somebody who's sort of mm-hmm. like the more dominant hand, mm-hmm. plaster or flesh, whichever it may be. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, again, that might come back from, from social conditioning, right. uh, whether that was her upbringing or just like you said women of the time or whatever but she seemed to kind of maybe maybe take some pleasure in in someone who kind of stood mm-hmm. up to her mm-hmm. that might have been thrilling uh, you, you see that a lot with people who are um i'm not saying you see it a lot but that the, the general idea is that people in high level powerful positions right in the bedroom are willing to hand that power over to someone else yeah right they- want to not make decisions for a minute mm-hmm. or they want to be told what to do and maybe not even just in the bedroom it might even be in their relationship sure. you know it's like i go home and that the other person's in charge yeah i'm in charge all day so she to me their dynamic hers and john brown's feels like that like mm-hmm. he's like hey you you do what i say i call you woman i do what i want around you you know was she like did that kind of turn her on a little bit Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. 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 No no telling. I got to wonder, too, if she's just like one person has to love me especially, just yeah. me, and have yeah. my welfare at heart. My, right. my I'm their main concern um, because she had Louise, her governess. Then she went to Albert. Then she went to John Brown. You know, she only has the one person kind of the, as a confidant. Everybody else is like everybody else. Yeah. So I wonder, too, if she's like not capable of having two 
confidants at once. Like she doesn't believe. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's just a pattern she got well, into. Also, did we kind of brought up earlier, but like, did John Brown ever say, oh, Albert wants to have sex with you, Victoria. So oh. through me, right. he would like to. Mm. And of course, that's like kind of tantamount to rape, right? I mean, like I'm giving you false yeah. pretext. I'm taking advantage of your fragile emotional state to have sex <laughs> with you. That's pretty twisted. Right. Um, did John Brown do that? Did I don't know. He? He's I don't know. He certainly... I know he didn't use it to get political power, mm -hmm. but if he's not communicating with the ghost of Prince Albert, and personally, I don't think he was, right? then he was using it for something. I mean, whether That's it was just a, a comfy bedroom to sleep in at night or, <laughs> you know, getting laid by the queen. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, but also you have to keep in mind this. there's a different feeling in the uk about yeah. your queen you know you yeah. there are plenty of people who are like it would be the honor of my life a privilege of my life to be a close person to the queen sure. i would like nothing more than to help them and if he really did dedicate himself to her interests like that he yeah. might have been like whatever it makes her feel better yeah so that's i'll pretend to too. be albert and i'll say whatever you think is right mm -hmm. is what you should do but you're gonna let me smoke around you but i want to smoke um, woman. I don't, I don't know. I can't decide. I don't know. The fact that he called her woman doesn't make me feel like he had all this reverence for the position of the queen. I don't know. I, that, that's, that, I, I, I don't know. I can't yeah. decide myself because right. I'm like, part of me is like, I don't believe it because she was just so, so in love with Albert. Yeah. And she was in love with him her whole life. She right. never stopped loving him. So I'm like, she never really considered herself open to love someone else. Yeah. I don't know if that means she said no one can have sex with me again. Right. But it seems to be really tied up. Sex and love mm -hmm. were very tied up for her. Yeah. So I would be surprised, I think, if, she... if you found some real, real evidence of it. And I could see her being very lonely and wanting a friend and saying, yeah. you can call yeah. me whatever. I don't care. Because yeah, he had been Albert's friend, too. Right. So he knew right. Albert. He could talk to her about Albert. I don't know. My, I think where I'm landing mm -hmm. is that I think that combined her talking about him after he died, right. her grief and despair after John Brown died mm -hmm. being the only thing that ever matched Albert's death. Very true. And her being so in love with Albert and thinking that John Brown was a conduit for him. I think I think they were doing they it. They were doing it. I think I do. Fair enough. But Fair enough. You it, know, could, it could be. There's only one way to know for sure, and that's to find, that's to have a seance. Prince Albert, if you're here. Oh, I'm stuck in this camp. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> well, speaking of the seances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we did hear some pretty gnarly stuff. Oh, okay? yeah. They knew the courtiers' names and right. all this. He was speaking with his voice. And Gooey all this ectoplasm in the cabinets. Yeah. So we, I mean, we can't know how real these seances are. We were well, not there. Okay. We can have a pretty I good idea. There, I, I think there are some people who do seem to have a knack with, you know, contacting uncanny or okay. having some kind of experience. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell them they weren't having an experience. Sure. But it must be said that, of course, there were tons of ways to fool people in Victoria's time. Sure. And people were doing it. It's a very lucrative scam. When people want to believe something, it's a lot easier to convince them that it's happening. Very true. And we're talking about desperate, sad people yeah. that they were preying on. So yeah. pretty fucked up 
predatory mediums would do a lot of crazy things to convince. Um, For example, they would regularly hire actors and ventriloquists so they could make voices and whispers, you know, sound around the room during a seance. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would also use invisible ink, right? So all the medium would have to do is get some water sprinkled over a piece of paper and then a message would appear. As if it was being written. Yeah, chimney sweeps were paid to hang out in chimneys and rap on the flu in response to questions. So once for yes, twice for no, Mm -hmm. and there's just a little seven-year-old up there (laughs) or whatever. I'm kind of into this one, too. They would make candles uh, that included the deceased's perfume or cologne. So when they would light them, the barrage would come in and be like, it smells like my late husband in here. Oh, Mm -hmm. my. I mean, that would be very convincing if you had a waft of your wife's perfume or something. Oh, my God. Um, Of course, fake ectoplasm is easily made with normal household things like flour, water, and cornstarch. So not a hard thing to fake that up. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm often uh, making pizza at (laughs) night and be like, who got ectoplasm all over the (laughs) counter? Um, They even, obviously, photography was pretty new. Nobody really understood how photographs (laughs) worked very well back then. So the people who did could make spirit photos by overlaying underdeveloped portraits that would make it seem like there was this ghostly figure Mm -hmm. captured in there. Now, I mean, I can't even see a real photo (laughs) that I took myself without thinking, eh, Photoshop, AI, AI. that's fake. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, photography at the time, that that was the only way to capture the truth. So if you saw a ghostly figure, it must have been there. It must have been there. So lots of lots of ways to mess with people. Right. And I do think it's really funny that they would go into a cabinet. This is what that's the one <laughs> that really got me. I'm going to watch you. Thank you very much. Turn around and I will <laughs> speak to the medium. <laughs> I I have invisibility powers, but only when you don't <laughs> yeah, only look when at you're me. not looking at me. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and of course, we've all seen a million of these types of of fakers right it's it's victoria's fascination with spiritualism was so so well known that it's possible that whoever robert james lees and whoever he's working with for these seances deliberately said let's get a message from albert because then the queen will notice us and then they might have said oh well let's make sure we know if she's she's gonna send somebody Mm -hmm. to see how real you are let's Mm -hmm. make sure we know who they are and when they come in let's get their names Uh uh-huh they might have had somebody in the court you know, leaking information sent oh, sure. so they would yeah, have yeah. some private details. It's not hard to imagine how you could hoax this She'd up. Send in Gerald and Philip. And then make sure he says something about how glad he is she still has his hands. Oh, and, yeah, and that's, the good. Night that's good. That's good. To comfort she'll know what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, of course, Lee's might have been like a good impressionist. You know, they must have heard Albert talk yeah, before sure. I give a speech or something, so they could fake up his voice somehow or something like that. Okay. But, you know, it is also possible that the veil between living and dead is thinner than we think, especially in spooky season. Oh, true. Could be true that something of our souls or our consciousness can imprint itself on the world and leave itself behind. It could be true that there's something with us right now! Oh, spooky. Okay. All right. A, a royal seance for a, a, a dead prince ghost. Dead prince ghost. Okay. 
Now my my other question is, yeah. if there really is a ghost of Prince Albert hanging out, are he and Victoria hanging out? I would Ghosty, hope so. Or is he like lonely because no, no one talks to him anymore? I hope that if she, because Queen Victoria is a ghost now too, in that case. Right. They've, they're they're doing it in the beyond. They're leaving ectoplasm all over oh, the palace. No. <laughs> <laughs> she she tossed away that plaster hand and was like, finally, finally. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> Give me some spirit fingers. Oh man, that's the spookiest image of all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I like it. Um, I don't know. I would I would love to see Lee's setting up this ghost heist basically right? you know also insane to me that if they did if if they were like queen victoria she's into spiritualism let's see if we can nab her like if you're running a con operation mm-hmm. of spiritualism and ghosts you're gonna go for a fish that big that's that's ballsy yeah it is because that is drawing a lot of attention to yourself and you know fortunately she bought it but to me that's like that's like we're going to rob the Bellagio. You know, that's the big <laughs> score that a lot of people have been like, oh, why Why would you put yourself in that danger? Mm. I'm perfectly happy going after the First National Bank a couple of times. <laughs> this guy was like, I'm made for life, though, as a medium. Oh, yeah. I mean, you must think that. Yeah. And especially because male mediums were less popular. Yeah. So maybe he was like, I really need to stand out if I do some seances at Buckingham Palace. I mean, I'll be in demand. He told his crew. This one last score, and then we're out. They we're we're set for life. Right. We'll be sipping martinis in Malibu. What's a martini? <laughs> Surely they What's have martinis. Malibu? <laughs> yeah, that's the better question. Okay, all right. Well, here's my question to you then. What's that? Uh, who? What historical uh, figure would you seance with? Hmm. That yeah. I would most want to call to me and yeah, yeah, ask yeah. questions. Yeah, you get one. You get one little sounds. It's it's the classic like, who would you have lunch with? But right. they're they're actually dead. Right, and they can only speak in taps and raps or some shit. Yeah, taps and raps or through a medium conduit. Okay, listeners, okay. I want you to email us your answers as well. Yes, would love to know. Who would I seance with? Mm-hmm. Hmm. God, this is tough. So many people. I know what you're doing in your mind too. What am I doing? Well, it could be this, but then what about this? But then if I didn't do that, mm-hmm. I should, I I'll be like, this. well, would I rather stay on with someone who could tell me more about myself and my family history, nah. or somebody you know way from the past, or somebody who might have the key to a long-held mystery, oh, or cold yeah. case, or something? That would be pretty cool to be able to find out. What about you know? somebody who's just got some good stories? You know? know, right? That's really what I'm. I'm like, honestly, would rather just be like, tell me, you know, about. I don't know, some cool party you went to and all the people that were there. Yeah, Mark Twain. Yeah, Mark what do Twain you got? would be really fun. I was um, thinking about Oscar Wilde. I think he would be an Oh, yeah, guy. sure, he sure. He tell me everybody he was really talking about when he wrote <laughs> The Importance of Being Earnest or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's what I don't know. I feel like some part of me would be like, I'd rather talk to my dad's mom who died when I was 10. Oh, yeah, sure. I she would love to know more about her life and yeah. like what, ha- you know, give me some of the dirt, mm-hmm. you know, from your life and mm-hmm. your family and stuff because we don't really know much about yeah, it. Yeah, we only got your son's version. I know, right? <laughs> and he only got... <laughs> You know, probably your highly edited version yeah, because exactly. he's your son. Exactly. You're not going to tell him saying. everything. Yeah. So I need to know the truth. I want to know what really is going on with her, <laughs> why she left Edinburgh, what's, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. That would be really fun. But it would also be really cool to be like, hey, Governor Morris, tell me about the founding of America. Yeah, true. And true. all your fun house parties mm-hmm. and stuff. 
Who would you do? Who would you talk to? Um, I think I would talk to right now. I just want to go to John Brown and be like, mm-hmm. what, what was Scott? I need answers here, buddy. Were you guys doing it or not? There you go. Now, see, but that's that just because it's on my mind. I know. I don't know. Mostly, I just want to hear what you all think. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your spiritual seances. Tell us. Ooh, tell us if you've had one, because I'll tell you. Uh, and here's another question for you. Have you had communication with the other side? Yes. I would love to know that. What about you? Have I? Yeah. No. Never once? I have not. And I have been to a seance. Yeah. We have actually conducted one. Yeah. And I was not a believer. And I wasn't by the end either. But a lot of people that were there felt said that they felt things. Well, especially the person I was squeegeeing with. The Ouija was going nuts. Yeah. And she straight up told me half an hour later, oh, yeah, I was moving that all over the place. And she is a believer. So I don't understand why that was what was happening there. But I did see a spooky, spooky spirit uh, when I was a kid in my house. And others had claimed to see it as well. A young girl standing at the top of our basement stairs. (gasps) Um, So that was. I do remember that. Probably one that. That stuck with me. And then I think I have told this story about when I, uh, when the the children's book that played sounds was oh, going yeah. off in the middle of the night and I thought it was a train. But what I remember in my, as I was waking up, was pushing the button on a, like, like reaching up and pushing some sort of button, which after I knew that it was a book of sounds, I was like, oh my God, was that book like floating over my head and I pushed the button? Oh, creepy. Um, And then also, I distinctly remember once as a kid looking up at the ceiling and the shadows from my lamp like turned into a face, like an animated face that was talking. Whoa, that's creepy. Yeah, I'll never forget that one. That's very creepy. Yeah. Yeah, but I I haven't had anything like that. Yeah. I don't know if I should be happy or not. (laughs) I was going to say, honestly, don't recommend it. Uh, right. All those memories scary. have stuck with me and not in a positive way. I mean, they're cool stories, right. you know, but uh, but yeah, I got other stories. The principal of my high school told yeah. us once she was a very pragmatic person, not a believer in magic. Yeah. But she said she she experienced someone with telekinesis once. No she watched shit. her move a lamp from one side of the room to the other Come without on. moving just with her eyes or something. That's one I don't believe because I have been trying so hard to move stuff with my mind if you see me and i'm not actively engaged in conversation i'm probably trying to move things around with my mind my only thought is that what if it's harder to move with your mind than with your body so you just be like yeah. i'd rather just fucking pick up the lamp <laughs> <laughs> it gives me such a headache <laughs> i always thought that if i if like the power is that you can teleport mm-hmm. but it takes as long as it would for you to walk oh would you still would do you, it would you bother mm-hmm. i mean yes I mean, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have to walk. He said, the thing is, is that I don't have to walk. <laughs> I guess the question would be if it takes as long as a flight, though. Like if you if you could teleport from here to Europe, but it took as long. As a flight? As a flight yeah, from no, here absolutely. to Europe. Would you still teleport? Why, yeah, why wouldn't I? Obviously, you I would. don't have to deal with you the airport. Pay, pay anybody anything. My question is, if it took you as long as it t- took to walk... So it would to take, Europe. you know, for, you know, yeah, whatever weeks probably to get to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, would you fly or would you still teleport? I'd probably fly. I don't know. My time's not that valuable. Wow. <laughs> if I don't have to deal with the airport, if I don't have to get on a plane. If I don't have to get up you and You would move. rather. Look, I've often said that with superpowers, 
I would be the laziest <laughs> super person. I won't even say superhero of all time. I would be a real fat Spider-Man because I'd be just getting, I'd just be web slinging Doritos directly in your mouth from the cabinet to my to my lap. <laughs> And that'd be that'd be the long and short of my spider powers. You know, that is that is a <laughs> that is a stone left unturned by a lot of these <laughs> right superhero shows. Because mm-hmm. I know we complained about this about the Flash on CW. Yeah, was that anybody who got powers besides the Flash was a bad guy? Automatic to immediately be evil. Yeah, and we were like, where are all the people that would get powers and literally do nothing? Like just they would, do, <laughs> they oh, okay. would not change their life very significantly. Yeah. They cool. would just like, oh, now I don't have to get up out of my bed to turn on the light. Right. <laughs> It'd probably be like, oh, I can control the weather. Great. Um, It's rain today and I want to go outside, so I'm going to make it not rain. Uh-huh. Or like, I don't feel like uh-huh. going anywhere today, so I'm going to do a little thunderstorm and read a book. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. probably most people as the extent people, of it. Right. I'd be like, I'm going to make sure it rains on my ex's wedding day or something. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. It's not going to be. Maybe little, yeah. Little scampy stuff like that. But How not like, people- I'm going to craft a tornado so I can rob a bank like I mean how many people really want to do all that no. it's a lot of effort is yeah. what I'm saying and a lot of people don't like to put in a lot of effort well, <laughs> and I would argue that for most people mm-hmm. not being able to form a tornado at will <laughs> is not the thing stopping them from robbing a bank Very true. <laughs> it's not the only thing man it's the only thing holding me back from robbing that bank but I'll tell you if I could create a tornado with my hands it's over for you. It's over for all y'all. <laughs> I'll be up in that first national. <laughs> right. The Bellagio, whichever. All y'all would get robbed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does a tornado play into this heist? Anyway. You know, tornado comes through the roof. It's oh, into sure, the vault. River, river, sucks right, up right. all the... Now you've got money, a money tornado. You funnel it up to yourself. Goes to the sky. Oh, okay. Well, then now yeah. it makes sense. Now yeah. I feel like if you can make a tornado, it's kind of weird Why wouldn't you? Not you? To. <laughs> <laughs> well... The effort is not as much as I expected. All right. I'm switching my exercises in telekinesis to now tornado creation. So that we can rob banks. <laughs> so we can rob banks. What a life. <laughs> Well, anyway, Austin, sensibly, this episode was about Queen Victoria. <laughs> Somewhere in Somehow. here, we've been talking about and Queen Prince Victoria. Albert in a can. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, it was a lot of fun for us to talk about. <laughs> you it. put a lot of lot of sauce on that. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, please do reach out and tell us about your spooky experiences yeah. or whom you would want to talk to if you were able to c- contact mm. them in a seance Ooh. with, you know, a legit. Robert James Lees or whatever. You can reach us through email. It's ridicromance at gmail.com. That's right. Or we're on Instagram. I'm at oh great. It's Eli. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And the show is at Romance. And we love you. We can't wait to contact more people from the beyond. Yes. Back soon. another episode of Recryptulous Romance. So long, friends, it's time to leave. But we'll rise again on Hallow's Eve. Put your friends in a vampiric trance and play for them our show, Recryptulous Romance. <laughs> Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.